Captain Slog, Stardate 25. These are the continued voyages of Ensign's Mark and Eddie as we trek our way through all of Star Trek Season 1. We've finished Season 1! Okay! <laughs> yeah. Neutral Zone! Uh, <laughs> anyway, Mark, how you been? <laughs> yeah, I've been pretty real, man. Um, uh, I, uh, a lot of ums in here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, I've, I've had a very pleasant weekend. Pretty a very pleasant week. I, I I had a lot of personal things going on. I had an engagement party for myself and my future milk wife. She was involved. <laughs> and also my uh my my brother and future sister in law. Cause my mum was like, I'm paying for one engagement party. So <laughs> get all that in at once. <laughs> Uh, and it was uh, it's pretty good, man. It was it was nice meeting my future in-laws who are quite far away, like my future sister-in-law's family. Okay, which is like yeah, um, you're her brother-in-law. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. I hate working out family shit. That's why I don't talk to mine. I just can't be bothered with the internal admin. Yeah, I was I was trying to explain this to to someone, to my my uh, fiance's auntie, who's who's not that much older than than we are. Um, I was trying to explain to her, I was like, look, I, I again, I think I've brought it up on this podcast before. I I'm fairly sure I have ADHD. It's never been diagnosed because I'm an adult and. The, the British Health Department just don't give a fuck about adults with ADHD because they're like, it clearly doesn't really affect your everyday life because you've literally been able to survive until the age of 33, so it cannot possibly be that bad. So yeah. they they don't want to diagnose you. In fact, doctors will tell you, we're not, we're not going to do it. You have to go yeah. private. Um, Unless I, you're trans and they're looking for an excuse to deny you healthcare, uh, <laughs> in which case they get incredibly, incredible. You're autistic. Oh, are you sure you're trans? Uh, <laughs> stay out of that bathroom. Um, <laughs> and I was trying to explain to her. I was like, one of the weird symptoms of ADHD is that, and I said I have to be very careful with my words here, is that there is only room enough in my head to. And I, I started with give a shit, and then I caught myself, and then I said care, and then I caught myself, and then I was like, to, hmm, there's only enough room in my head to remember and internalize the lives of about 10 people in my immediate vicinity, right? So, to like, oh, what is X up to these days? There's about 10 people that I have that for. And my parents, my fiancé, and my smattering of best friends, they always take that up until there's one who maybe I don't see for about three months, and then they sort of leave, and then another person might move in. Um, And I was was trying to explain this. Uh, This story isn't really going anywhere, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's just I'm trying to get forward a bit of, of, of what it's like to live inside Mark's head um, and I think I was pretty drunk at the time so I was like look don't like if I forget what your job is it doesn't mean that I don't care about you and it doesn't and it doesn't mean that you're not interesting you could literally have the most interesting job in the world 
And if I haven't seen you for three weeks, I will forget. I mean, I'll forget what your fucking name is. And then I'll forget what your job is. Um, yeah. Just because, uh, because, because look, it's there's only a certain amount of hard drive space in my head. And in the new Ghostbusters Ultimate Collection Blu-ray, there is an alternate cut of the original movie with different jokes. And obviously, I need to make space to the, fill my head with that alternate work print. <laughs> does, but does it make me a terrible person that while I am very gutted that due to my current health conditions that I couldn't get up to, to, to Glasgow for for the, the party, but the fact that I've just remembered that you have that new version of Ghostbusters <laughs> makes me want to travel to Glasgow. <laughs> Do it. Uh, <laughs> Do it, man. It's... Or I'll bring it down. No, come up here. I have a projector. We'll 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 watch it like they would have watched it in 1984, riddled with AIDS. Um... <laughs> well, we can watch it like the cast of Ghostbusters did on cocaine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so no, it was it was really nice, man. It was really nice hanging out with my uh, future family and my past family and. All of my friends and all my brother's friends and I got so overwhelmed that I spent most of the night going out of my way to not have to speak to anyone because I was so freaked out by what I might say and I spent a lot of time at my engagement party on my own by my own volition. Like, I I enjoyed that. I, I, uh, and I hope I didn't, I hope, I hope I didn't let anyone down by not interacting with them enough uh, because the sensory overload and the emotional overload for what was happening was too much. Anyway, thanks, Mum, for throwing that engagement party without consulting us. Um, I'm glad to know that all the years where I've been like, can you please not throw me a birthday party because it makes me so stressed that I will get depressed about it that you've really taken that on board. There's a, there was a, did you see there was a guy who, um, this week in the States, who... Uh, yes! He, He's my hero. Yeah. <laughs> he told his employers, I have anxiety, please don't throw me a birthday party. And they did. And they then fired him for having a panic attack at his own birthday party. And he got yeah. 450 grand. Now, I'm not going to sue my parents. But if you're <laughs> but listening you to this, Mum, please don't throw <laughs> me any more parties. It, it, I, I love parties. I love them. I hate parties about me. And God willing... After my wedding, the next one I will have is for my own death. <laughs> <laughs> just what you do is if you if you and Laura have kids, just don't tell them when your birthday is. That, that saves you one. But I can imagine I'd that. Get, like, I think I'd an, get away with that. See, here's the thing: an engagement party to me is high fucking stakes. Because yeah. I'm I'm one of those people. I need to have like a drink in me to properly loosen up, especially around. Strangers, which comes from having a childhood where everything I did and said was judged. Um, so, I, as a result, to like be on my like to have my guard down and like loosen up and be okay being myself around people, I need to have a few drinks. But there's also uh, a very fun version of me, which is a drink or two past that point. Which is, I have no filter. I'll say whatever pops into my head, which is great for most social circumstances, but not when I'm meeting people who could possibly say to somebody I love, you need to leave that man. Because uh, <laughs> cause, like, there's a part of me, like, the, 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 I want to make this absolutely clear, I'm not a terrible person, 
But once whilst pissed when my mate's birthday was coming up, I did go on eBay to see if I could track down and buy for him as a birthday present a Jim Fixed It For Me medal. Right? <laughs> 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 um, weirdly hard to get. Um, yes, yeah, I feel like we had a very similar childhood, um, except for the fact that the person who was judging me for everything that I said and did was myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, and those memories would live with me uh, until the present day. Um, ah, you see, what what I did is I spent my entire entirety of my 20s doing so much drugs and alcohol that I have almost no memory of the trauma that was my childhood. <laughs> uh, I can remember the names of about four school friends. And the time I got hit in the eye by the head of Earthworm Jim that my mate Rob accidentally fired at me while we were playing Fantasy Star Online. Uh, <laughs> I remember that Earthworm Jim figure with a firing yeah. head. I actually think yeah. I still have that. It's a great action figure. Anyway, I um, mean, just I mean, for this one, for anyone who's following along with the production, like mythology <laughs> of this show. For this one, I think we're completely dropping the pretense that we are two guys at Ted Forward, right? Like, I yeah, don't, yeah. Because because last week we tried to lead into it, but we didn't really figure out how it would work. So what we're going to do yeah. is before season two, we're going to go away and we're going to figure out how that works and like and like what this show should actually be, which really is technically <laughs> the most thematic thing that we can do uh, with Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, yeah. So and then and then really nail that format and have it down about the beginning of season three. Um, yeah, yeah. See, season two is going to have some greats and some real lows. Yeah, and then we'll nail that for about five years. Yeah, and then another seven years when we do Deep Space Nine, and then really we'll do seven years of Voyager where I assume we'll just phone it in. Yeah, uh, and randomly flick between what we're doing any given week. I'm, uh, I'm fairly no sure that Measure of a Man, the episode, is going to have none of that shit. Um, <laughs> because that's just going to be 50 minutes of very little talking from Eddie uh, while I just vomit yeah. opinion um, about how this is the most one of the most important sci-fi things ever made. And as far as I'm concerned, as good as Star Trek The Next Generation gets, it will never ever surpass this. And it, it might yeah. be one of the most perfect episodes of television ever made. And my version of that will be when we reach the episode where Picard gets tortured with the lights. <laughs> which I feel is the entire uh, entire uh, ethos of Star Trek laid out in a vehement uh, reputation of uh, the philosophies of fascism. Uh, so... <laughs> that's, yeah, that's measure of a man for me, except without the fascism. Yeah. Because uh, because Mark doesn't care about fascism. Uh, there's a no, not really, not as it pertains to androids. Um, there's a, I I it it fucking bugs me that you still haven't watched it. There is, there is an incredible four lights joke in Lower Decks, <laughs> when a character a character's being tortured and he and, he, and, and but he's he's totally cool about it and the other character comes in and says, "Hey, you doing all right?" And he goes. Yeah, they keep showing me these four lights. I don't, I don't get it. It's real good. Okay, so let's let's. This episode is like we said. It's the last one of season one. Yeah, and it's it's weird. It's kind of okay. I liked it. I yeah. I don't know if that's Stockholm syndrome. 
yeah. from the rest of season one. It's it's a lot. A lot of that came from me just being happy that it's over. Um, <laughs> it does. It lays some groundwork. Well, I guess I guess we'll get into it. It, it lays some groundwork for season five of Voyager or something. It lays some groundwork. Okay. It lays some groundwork, and I was genuinely not sure. So the plot of this episode is a bunch of, like, outposts haven't been, um, like, responding. So Picard has to go to an emergency conference, because that's a thing. Um, And um, uh, they turn up, and they're on the edge of the neutral zone, so they think it's the Romulans. And then the Romulans turn up, and they're like, oh, that's been happening to us as well. Um, And there's a B-plot with some frozen people. But I... This is, I disagree. This is, this is this is this is what I was curious about because when I saw this episode, like I remember watching this episode, as, like at the time, I didn't remember that it was the finale of season one, and I kind of got it into my head that this was. I thought this might have initially been a follow up to last week's episode. Because yeah. they're they're like oh we've been they've been sending a broadcast to like the little insects were sending a broadcast to like deep space and I thought oh maybe that was who they were going to say destroyed the colonies and then they fucked that off to lean into who it turned out to be which is I mean spoilers it's the Borg it's the Borg that'll do it yeah but it's not the Borg it's we, not- we we literal well it is the Borg we apparently so I, I looked into this we. Because th- this one, there's a good reason yeah. why we, we couldn't be in character for this, because there's a lot of behind-the-scenes shit that happened on this episode. Very production-y things. Yeah. Um, apparently, the plot thread of this episode won't be picked up until later days Voyager. Chakotay yeah. is the guy who picks up, is the character <laughs> who picks up on this story, right? Um, so, the... Laura um, turned around to me when we were watching this episode, and it got it got to maybe about probably about fifty minutes in, and and Laura um, has to listen to a lot of my nonsense and uh, backseat driving uh, when it comes to television production. Uh, so I guess, and as as well as having her own knowledge about how things work and how things are made and how stories are written and things. Um, genuinely one of my proudest moments because I've obviously filled her head with so much fucking nonsense um, is that she turned around to me about 50 minutes into this episode and went I mean, they know that you can't have two A-plots, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not how right, that's not how stories operate That's Yeah, so yeah because the, the other the, the, the other plot which is a, yeah, a co-A plot yeah. I guess is that I would argue um, they, that is the a plot, but also it's stuff that doesn't. So they they, they find a, a a satellite and it's got three guys, some cryo tubes on it from like modern day, so like nineteen eighty seven ish. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. So that has ended up near the edge of the neutral zone. Yep. Which, I, I, I want to be clear on this, it Quite can't possibly have done nope. in the amount of time. Um, and they find three people are frozen and dead. So they, they pick them up, they take... A date is like, oh, we should take them back. And then like later on, Picard tries to give him shit about it. He's like, we've got some stuff going on. This is more important. And they were and they were dead. And he's like, well, it seemed 
like we should bring him back and like maybe give him a proper burial sort of thing and like yeah like like is it like the right thing to do Picard was like they're not going to get more dead um um and then at that point they're alive again and this is my favorite line of this entire episode because they've been revived they've had their medical issues fixed and they're alive and he says Picard says they're alive now so I suppose we have to treat them as if they were living human beings. <laughs> Which, again, they are. Mm-hmm. You don't need... <laughs> so, apparently, uh, the writing of this episode coincided with the 1988 writer's strike. Yeah. And so, when a writer's strike happens... Uh, if you're if you're look if you're listening to this, you're likely going to be this round roughly the same age as Eddie and I. So you probably remember the 2007 writers' strike, which kind of fucked up a, a lot of shows. It affected specifically like, heroes. He, heroes, yeah, exactly. It fucked, yeah. <laughs> Why is that Irish chick being left in a future that doesn't exist anymore and all that? Um, it fucked up a lot of like supernatural. Uh, it, basically anything that came out in 2007 if you have a DVD box set where you notice that one season is noticeably shorter it's likely that that was the 2007 season and during yeah. a writer's strike obviously everyone in Hollywood works as a whole right or Vancouver as it is um, yeah. so even though the writers are on strike the rest of the crew and what I could only imagine for Gene Roddenberry was begrudging solidarity you are not allowed to touch the script yeah and one of the writers from what I understand had about a day and a half after, again I'm pretty pissed but again I I think the writer had a day and a half to put this together maybe after the strike ended and it's based because of that they literally so they, they they needed the framework and everything sorted. So they grabbed an an online fan story and basically ripped it off. On well, the it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been online, can... I guess, at the time. Yeah, uh, I don't Where know. The early days of the internet, really eighty-seven, uh, probably on like a Usenet or no, something like, surely not like even that. back then. Yeah, so God knows where. It's like a fan story. Like a fanzine that, or something, maybe? Yes, and and I think they basically worked on the principle, we can steal this, call, contact these people, and give them a writer's fee. And I'm sure that combined with, we made your story into an episode, will be fine. Yeah, this but, episode has a very bizarre writer credit. Because yeah, it has a written by based on a story by... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's a, it's an odd one because I looked. I tried to look up the two people who it was a co-written fan story, and I was trying to look up who those people were. But there's no sign of them online, sort of outside of this. So this didn't turn into like a regular gig for them, unfortunately. And I was kind of like, oh, did they? Because this was supposed to be a two-parter, but ended up being truncated down to it. I just want to mm-hmm. say to anybody involved in the writers' strike of 1987, um, thank you. thank you for making season one of star trek the next generation at least one episode shorter um and also uh, thank you for presumably getting better workers conditions but that is very much that is very much a secondary advantage of what you did actually it's not even secondary it's tertiary because secondary is that it meant that not the borg was supposed to be in this as a two-parter 
and they didn't get put in it, which means that by the time the Borg were introduced, they were being handled by better writers. Yeah. So that's secondary. <laughs> uh, yep. And tertiary is whatever extra rights you procured for. Uh, presumably people who work reasonably hard. I, writers were able to sit down while they typed or something. I don't know. Man. It's... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because writers' strikes are always for very bizarre things. Because writers don't really work the way that anyone else works. Um, yeah. So that it's... They, they can't really get... As, as a man who fancies himself a writer and who one day wants to be a writer... Writer strikes are always for almost ethereal fucking <laughs> yeah <laughs> demands. Like we we want to be officially credited on digital works. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we want to be able to use both hands at once. Knowing what I know about how like fan fiction works as well, I'm guessing the people who came up with this story were the people who got unfrozen in the future in yeah. the initial story. Um, and I'm guessing also had some array of superpowers. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Here's, by the way, we're, we were just talking about this this little uh, part of production. Here's, here's an interesting story. So, did you know that if you want to write for a show, you write a, a spec script? And a spec script is... You, it's, you write a script... you. You're just a nobody, so you write a script and you send it to a show. Yeah. Uh, you are never allowed to submit... Well, you are allowed, but no one's going to pick up one. You cannot write a spec script for the actual show that you want to write for because the producers are never going to read it because then they are in the position that if you, there's any ideas in your script that later shows up, they could get sued for plagiarism. So, yeah. if you want to write for a show, the advice is write a script for a similar show and and post it in. Uh, one of the most famous examples of this happening is with the show 30 Rock. Yeah. Uh, where Donald Glover, Childish Gambino himself, wrote a spec script for The Simpsons and sent it into 30 Rock. Tina Fey read this and thought it was incredible. And that's how he got hired on Thirty Rock, which is like his his kind of start in the industry. But the fact the fact train doesn't stop there, my friend. Um, <laughs> number one, in high school, he was voted most likely to write for The Simpsons, which he never <laughs> has. But technically, that's what got him started. And number two, the reason he got hired is that there was a diversity initiative at NBC uh, for hiring minority writers. Um, which ha- which was its own fund. So he wrote this incredible script for The Simpsons, which got to Tina Fey, who then brought him in as a writer for 30 Rock and literally got him on the show for free. <laughs> the, the, there was no budget that went to paying Donald Glover because he just got it off of this like discretionary fund. That is that is that is my now my second favourite Donald Glover fact. My first favourite being <laughs> do you know where the name Childish Gambino comes from? No. Uh, the name Childish Gambino comes from the uh, an online random Wu-Tang gang name generator <laughs> 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 that him and his friends were sat around using. And it popped out like, what's your going to be your name? And he put it in and it came up Childish Gambino. And he was like, that's actually brilliant. <laughs> Great. And then oh. do you remember the day in 
what was it, 2014, when we all woke up to the news that the This Is America video has dropped, and we were like, well, I guess, it, 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 it was a bit, it, as, I mean, obviously, look, this is a show produced by and listened to exclusively by white men in their 30s. Uh, white men in their 30s who like to think that they're quite woke. Um, <laughs> and so it, it's a bit like when Get Out came out, and we all congratulated each other on, my God, how things have changed. Uh, when <laughs> we contributed nothing um yeah. except for celebrating in the in the in the you know in the in the in the in the, in the joys of of someone who actually put the fucking work in when he gunned down the choir i lost my shit uh, yeah. <laughs> speaking about times changing mark uh of the three people who get unfrozen there's a, a housewife a country music star and a capitalist uh, who, who do you reckon has the best life going forward? That's my question <laughs> for you. Uh, As... I, I wrote down in the uh, in my notes, uh, I think homemaker would be a more recognisable job in the 24th century than financier. Yeah. So it's, it's bizarre that Picard was like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the musician. Yeah, the uh, who, who is my favourite character of, on, on yeah. all of Star Trek. Here's my thing on the musician, right? This guy's like a 400-year-old year old musician. Nobody remembers any of his works. If you came up to me tomorrow and said, hey, Eddie, I've got tickets to a gig. Do you want to come? Like, What's the gig? Right. They found this loot player from medieval times, frozen in ice, and they've unfawed him, and he's going to be playing us some of the biggest hits of 400 years ago. I'd be like, fuck Yes, I want to go to that. That seems like the most interesting social experience I could possibly have. But to add to that, they were like, but there's another level of it. Um, they, they unfroze him yesterday. <laughs> and he was immediately cool with the scenario that had been presented to him. And in fact, in fact, is so cool with it uh, that earlier today for his breakfast, he went to McDonald's and ordered a McMuffin. And, and no one and, and no one thought anything of it apart from the fact that when he picked it up, he he went, oh, like no one ever has. <laughs> he he was he was weirdly impressed by this. The the level of like so I think you can judge the the reactions of the three characters by the only measurable standard for unfreezing, which is Futurama, um, which is the um, the homemaker very much has a Philip J. Fry situation. Where they're like, oh look, we found an answer, uh, like one of the descendants of you, um, <laughs> four hundred years down the line. Which you'd be like, if you what if you like you didn't have kids, yeah. would you look up the like the descendants of like? It'd be weird to turn up and be like, look, here's the deal. I'm uh, I'm not. I don't. You don't know me, but I'm just getting in touch with you over space email. Uh, I got unfrozen yesterday, and I was very good friends with your great 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 grandfather, and it seems therefore likely that you're one of the few people in this time period who might have a similar sense of humor to me uh, <laughs> can we hang out <laughs> i'm literally terrified to speak to my own nieces and nephews today. <laughs> uh, here's another question i have for you mark because this is like, like, like they look up this woman's like family and like find out what's going on um and like I say, I was going to compare these. To, like that's the he, she has the Philip J. Fry. The uh, the country singer handles this like bender 
as in he immediately asks for a drink and is just <laughs> fine and accepts it. And the uh, the financier handles it much like Leela would, which is just fury and panic. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I wouldn't look up my own family if I woke up thousands of years in the future. Um, I'd, I'd First of all, I, the first thing I would look up would be, of course, what further entries there were in the MCU. Um, no, my, uh, the first thing I would look up is, what it, it, it was Ga- were we right with GameStop? Was it just a cult? Um, I wouldn't look up people I like. That's the thing I realised. Because I don't care. Like, if you lived a good... Because there's two things. If I look up somebody I like, I'm going to even find out that they had a horrible death. Yeah. Or they had a nice-ish death and kids and family. You see, there's only... There's nothing really good about it. I would look up the people I fucking hate. There's nothing that would bring me more joy. I'd be sat at that computer just typing in names, just going, boom. Oh! Turned out Jacob Rees-Mogg was a paedophile. Fantastic. Uh, So, yeah, what happened to J.K. Rowling? (laughs) That's what I want to know. Like... But the, the the people that I yeah the people that I would want to know about, I think a big issue is that they they're often tied to the people that I don't want to know about. Like I, I, w- I wouldn't want to look up Zelensky, because, I in my head I'm like, in in the twenty first century where everything is terrible, one hundred percent of the time, having an actual good man. Not only be the head of a country, but take a country to fucking war and be just history's topest, be modern history's topest lad. Yeah. I I don't want, like, obviously it's been 300 years, he is dead. I, do, I don't want to know. Like, I. But I guess I guess that same thing but would happen. It but then, be great but, but to at the find same out time, through right? conversation, like you're standing there and like you you go, you say something, and somebody in the room just goes, "Check out the Zelenskys on this guy." And you're like, oh. <laughs> nice. But it, I guess it'd be the I guess it'd be the same thing as if you were born. Um, if let's say you were a time traveler from, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get the years wrong here, right? But you follow along with me. Um, if you were say frozen. In eighteen, let's just take a fucking stab. Maybe it'll be right. Eighteen sixty-seven, right? Okay. And uh, you were brought back in in twenty twenty-two, um, and uh, someone said in in uh, Idaho, no, in uh, let's pick a good one, Vermont, Vermont, right? You were brought back in Vermont, and uh, someone said to you, "Here's," and again, might get this wrong. Here's twenty dollars. Go and buy yourself an outfit from Old Navy, and you look at it and you go, "Oh, Lincoln's on the money. Must have been good for him." And then <laughs> you're like, "I'm not going to look any further into that." But then at the same time, <laughs> would you want to know? Would someone would be like, "Oh, he got shot in the back of it of the head in the theater by an actor," but he did free the slaves. So yeah, yeah. I've, I, there is a bit in this as well where Riker's talking to Data about like the the people from the past and like their 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 behaviour, and yeah. uh, he says it makes you wonder how our species survived. Um, well, I've got good <laughs> news for you, Riker. Uh, it's not something you have to worry about. Uh, it's not going well. <laughs> <laughs> our odds are making it to twenty three sixty four. Not great. Slim, slim yeah. to none. Exactly. <laughs> 
Because uh, <laughs> if uh, the bombs don't get us, climate change certainly will. So well, apparently, t- Mark, TV dies out in 2040, which is, I I would love to know what TV show has a finale so bad that everybody stops watching TV. How am I made your father? <laughs> yeah. Imagine oh, Hilary Duff <laughs> is the one to bring down an entire medium. Because <laughs> Hilary Duff... I like Hilary Duff, I think. I don't know, I never watched Lizzie McGuire, right? But I've looked at a lot of pictures of Hilary Duff online. And Hilary Duff is like... When you go to the dictionary... And you go to you go to the definition of the word nine. There is the number between eight and ten. <laughs> German for no, and Hilary Duff. And I I think that look I don't know Hilary Duff. And if Hilary Duff wants to guest on this podcast, I don't know maybe she's a big Star Trek fan. I think that Hilary Duff's entire career and look I'm talking from an early age. I'm talking from Casper meets Wendy. Right, I'm talking from I'm I'm talking from eleven onwards. Hilary Duff's entire and I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll put it in, and you know what I'll put this out there in like a suable fashion. I will say this: <laughs> this isn't just my opinion. As far as I am concerned, this is the truth. And if you want this, Hilary Duff, you can get me. Hilary Duff's entire career in life has been absolutely devoted to the science of what it means to be a hard ten. <laughs> because as a hard nine, she will just never understand. <laughs> And no one can explain. She's been to multiple psychologists over the years, all of them men in their 30s, <laughs> all of whom who grew up on Lizzie McGuire. And she'll say, Matt, they're all called Matt. She'll say, Matt, look at me. She'll stand there, fully nude, right? In whatever <laughs> position. She'll have looked them up. She'll have gone online. She'll have searched her name on Facebook and Instagram and all these things. She will have got anonymous to fucking hack into their internet searches. She'll un- she'll know what they went for, right? She'll know exactly that fucking thing that they like, right? That 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 thing that, that, that really does it for them, man. That like that like fucking that that button, man. We all we all have a button. We all have a button that takes someone from an X to an X, right? We'll have that button. She'll know what that button is. Fuck every fucking psychologist, every therapist he's ever been for. She shows up at the therapy office and she is that. And the first question she asks, give me a number out of ten. And every single one of them will say nine. <laughs> she has no idea, mate. She has no idea. The, the, what What is that extra thing that she has to do to take her from a nine to a ten? It's so unattainable to her that it it will drive her so mad that she will literally destroy the entire medium of television <laughs> in, a, in a quest that's what destroys television the duff incident as it's known yes uh... <laughs> the duff and, and three years later there will be what's called the duff inquiry <laughs> which is the first time that remember in the first ep- remember in in the in the what was the fuck was it called the far reach experiment what the fuck was the first episode of this called sorry I've drunk a full bottle of wine uh, remember your ones with the cocaine machines oh yeah 
that's what that's what turns lawyers into them. A lot of people don't know, but um, a very there, there was a very similar thing happened to the end of like radio as a serious medium. Uh, that was the Tunguska incident, um, where a former child actor uh, whose voice was a hard nine, um, Hillary Tunguska, uh, finally went went off. And if you know anything about that, flattened all of the trees for uh, I think a hundred miles. Uh, and that, since then, no one's taken radio seriously. Except for comedians trying to get a BBC pilot. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, 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 in Ghostbusters, <laughs> uh, at, at the very end, uh, just after uh, my uh, fourth favourite joke in Ghostbusters, uh, which is, who does your taxes? <laughs> I have a list. Uh, uh, Ray Stan says, uh, the, Tundus- the Tunguska Blast of 1909 uh, but the Tunguska Blast actually happened in 1908 and and I like to think that it's a character flaw of Ray's rather than a mistake in that script because there are no mistakes in that script <laughs> uh, I, I, you see the thing is and this is something that I, 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 I adhere to is that Ray is referring to something different because the Tunguska incident is usually referred to as the Tunguska incident not the Tunguska Blast so I choose to believe that there is a second power. Like I imagine that Ray's in the sort of circles where well, everybody knows what caused the Tunguska incident. It was a dark matter collision. Yeah. But, um, but the Tunguska <laughs> blast that happened. About Someone a year didn't later, play the dilithium license. <laughs> <laughs> people are unaware of the Tunguska blast because it happened in the exact same area and therefore had very little effect. <laughs> By the way, we are thirty-eight minutes in, man. If you're if you're still listening to this, congratulations, because. We don't give a fuck about this episode. The way that the writers didn't give a shit about it either. We're just like, the format's going to change next time. Uh, I give a fuck about exactly one thing in this episode, and that is that one of the Romulans is played by Mark Alamo, uh, who hopefully will be devoting a lot of time to in the distant future, because he plays Goldacott. Who is this? Is this yeah. this sentence is going to sound really bad if anybody ever takes it out of context? But Goldacott is my favourite space Nazi, <laughs> <laughs> yep. right? Um, when we where he might be, I, I, I genuinely mean this. He might be the best written villain in the history of fiction, and. I know that sounds mental and extreme, but when we get to Deep Space Nine, and Mark's not watched any Deep Space Nine if you're listening to this, so I am so excited for Mark to come. Because, Mark, I'll, I'll give you a little... There's I'll, one I'll person and one person only that I know for a fact listens to this podcast, and it's my fiance Laura. And I'm sure that at the moment she is literally on a bus on the way to work. And when she heard you use... The best written, what was it? The best written villain in the history of fiction. History of fiction. I'm yeah. sure that she literally went like this. And Laura, I I know that you can see the physical actions you did when I say that. She went, what? Uh, There's a lot and, of shoulder and, movement there. Yeah, and and I the level to which I will happily stand by that. He's amazing. He's a cunt. Uh, <laughs> he might be. He might be the the worst person ever written. He's, let, let me make this absolutely clear. He is the leader of the Cardassian race, who are a race of space Nazis who have just finished a Holocaust-like occupation 
of the planet of Bajor. That's how his character is introduced, Mark, and he gets worse. Uh- <laughs> I, I, I legit don't know who I think is the worst villain in the history of fiction. Um, it's 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 not goes of the Gozerian. Uh, I it, it goes of the Gozerian is is a very incidental plot point. He's not the main the main villain of Ghostbusters is the EPA guy because yeah. Dan Aykroyd's mental and has more of a problem <laughs> with environmental regulations than he does um, interventional destruction. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I I I I have no idea. I I um, I don't know. Yeah. But that, that's a good um, that's a good take. Did, did you notice so how fucking um, drunk? I was going to say, Mark. Did you notice how nobody in like of the the three people who get like revived, right? Um, none of them actually have like an arc. No, like the the, the housewife is well, the, sad. The musician guy fancies data. Yeah, and wants him to like. He wants him to go on the pool with him, and he words it in possibly the most offensive way ever. So I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but his whole thing is like, oh, I want to go. To, I'm going to go to Earth and play country music. That's fine. Yeah. Like he's like immediately says it, and the finance guy, and like eventually he gets onto the bridge, and he's like, "Oh, the Romulans don't know shit. They're, I know that because I negotiate finance deals." And then they like at no point do they sit him down and explain to him that like like he's he's wakes up and the things he wants are like he wants a newspaper, uh, a uh, phone call to Geneva, a phone call, and um, he wants his capitalism back. And I'm so sad <laughs> that in the year 2022. Of those three things, the ones we've gotten rid of are newspapers and phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel about the fact that the... Um, and I, I don't know whether this was a um, a victim of the same writer strike problem that had Picard not give a fuck about three twentieth century people that they found um, in direct violation of literally the fucking opening credits of this TV show to 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 find new life and new civilizations to 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 not be in in fact I, I, if i remember correctly there is literally a, a line in this episode which is about picard not being curious no it's um it's data to to riker isn't it it's data says to riker there's oh, yeah. potentially people on that on that Ship should should we not go and get them? Is that kind of not what we do? And yeah. Riker's like, nah, just captain will be here in five minutes. Just leave it, mate. Like, oh, sorry. Uh, two. Wait, there's two. There's two. There's two instances in that. Um, which is, uh, isn't what you do literally to go out there to and explore? And two, why the fuck are the Federation sending you to the edge of the neutral zone, the flagship? Yeah. It's not about it's, bonkers. If it's 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 not only baked into the nature of Starfleet that this is exactly the sort of shit they should be interested in, but Picard's one defining hobby is history and archaeology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the thing is the thing is, other than that one big misstep, this episode I think nails Picard better than he's ever been nailed like yeah. he, proper, he, he does like a like an anti-kirk this episode where the whole thing is he doesn't shoot someone yeah and that's uh, and that's the thing it just holds his nerve and it's really cool when he like does his speeches and like he does like a proper picard thing it's really awesome and troy's good in this episode as well she like, I like troy a lot reads, in this episode yeah she, she reads picard the wikipedia page on the romulus <laughs> uh fun fact <laughs> 
in the non HD version of this episode, when Troy goes to see the the housewife um, with the husband Don, who Laura and I yeah. were like, that's definitely Trump's wife. Um, in the original broadcast version of the episode, the first six names on the uh, the family tree are the first six uh, do- uh, actors who played the Doctor on Doctor Who. Oh, mm. nice. Nice. But they had to change it when they went to HD because people would see it. And it didn't Do make you... any sense that, that William Hartnell and Patrick Troughton had a baby. <laughs> well, that's just bigotry. They can have exactly. a baby if they want to. Yeah. Jesus Christ, imagine like, if you had to look into the historical records and you went into cryosleep in like 1987, right? And you woke up in the year 2364. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a bold claim, Right. This is a time period that includes the human race meeting alien life, yeah. the discovery of faster-than-light travel, and instantly the, the printable end, guitars, and the and the, yeah, the end of capitalism and the ushering in of a post-scarcity socialist utopia. There is still nothing in the historical database that is going to be as mental as the Trump presidency. <laughs> <laughs> um, like. When that comes up, like when that comes up, when you oh, who are the list of presidents and they listen them off and they get to Trump and you're like, I'm sorry, I'm from 1987. Who the fuck did you just say? We will never <laughs> like. There's literally a joke in Back to the Future about Reagan being the president, um, and, uh, <laughs> and apparently, uh, so that if you if you've never seen Back to the Future, why the fuck are you listening to this podcast? How are you even our friend? Uh, there's a joke How are you in alive. Back- yeah, what, what, have you been asleep every Good Friday? <laughs> Forever. Do you do, does your county not get ITV two or something? <laughs> uh, so there's a joke in Back to the Future, which is uh, Marty runs to see Doc in 1955, and Doc says, "Who is the president in 1985?" To which Marty replies, "Ronald Reagan." Now, our generation doesn't really understand why that's funny like I, and until later in life when we realize why because we have empathy yeah. and we can understand history and things like when i was a kid i didn't understand why that's funny. the actor who's the who's the vice president jerry lewis like like that that was like such an incredible joke that when back to the future screened at the white house Ronald Reagan apparently laughed so hard he asked the projectionist to run back the film. Which, if anyone who's listening to this has ever worked as a projectionist, is very fucking difficult. (laughs) (laughs) It took a lot of effort just for what I imagine was Ronald Reagan the second time round going, ha yeah, that's right, he did say that. It's weird. But that is good, I enjoy that, thank you very much. Um... But yeah, it's what the fuck was I talking about? Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's the it's equivalent of like president. It's, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm so uh, fucking I, drunk. Sorry, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm starting to feel like I've ruined this episode. No, this is this is this is what we should do this for the finale of each season. Get hammered. <laughs> I'm the one letting us down. Uh, is it okay? I got I, I got one one thing I do want to bring up. Um, uh, have I? I got so written down. Uh, I've got written down. Uh, oh, okay. Here's, We're about here's to wake up these twentieth century people. Who are the best yeah. officers to have here? Oh yeah, the android <laughs> and the Klingon. 
yeah, seeing a Klingon make somebody pass out, which is perfectly acceptable. But yeah. this is something I want to bring up, right, Mark? <laughs> I am not an intelligent man. Uh, I freely admit this. That's not this. fair. Uh, but, but what I would say is, I if I'm gonna, I think you're fair, thought, quite smart. I, 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 I if, shut if up, Eddie. I, you know, fuck up. No, listen. If you're listening to this, <laughs> can you fuck off for five minutes? And you, Eddie, don't don't put yeah. yourself down like that, man. Like I, 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 like I, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to just, I don't want to fuck. Like, shut the, like everyone, can, can can you just leave us alone for a couple? Like, mate, I. Like, I, I don't want to get fucking weird about this, man, but, like, I, I wouldn't... I, I don't know if it's fair to say... I wouldn't fucking hang out with you, like, the way that I do if I didn't think you were fucking intelligent. Like, that's not to say that, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't hang out with people would, that I didn't think are intelligent. That's not... No, that's not fair. No, look, if you're, if you're, if you're listening to this and you have the... And you, and you think in your head, I'm less intelligent than Mark. No, that's not... Oh, fuck, I've dug myself a fucking hole here. Um, I, I just, I just, no, I, I think that you're fucking smart, man. I, you... I want to say for those listening, um, uh, thank, thanks, Mark. I, I needed that because um, you, you didn't get to hear the conversation beforehand. And given recent events, um, I spent a significant portion of today thinking that I'm fairly certain that my dog doesn't love me. So uh, I needed that pick me up. Um, that that helped. But <laughs> what I was gonna say was, I. I if okay here's what I was gonna say is if you put me in a room that has a working replicator in it and I can see that the replicator is working, I would be able to work out from that piece of technology alone that capitalism was over. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you can't work out how having food and drink water on demand for no cost means capitalism ceases to function, then you don't understand literally anything. So it's weird to me that the financier in this episode does spend the rest of the episode still certain. Although he does say his money's in Geneva and maybe Switzerland's still... Wouldn't it be great if Switzerland remained neutral? (laughs) (laughs) The rest of the earth had all gotten together and like Switzerland is just dealing with the Ferengis. (laughs) So the the musician lad, uh, something that I really liked, because uh, because it, it spoke to, to to a very personal experience of mine. Uh, the first the first thing that he orders is like a, a a Kansas City steak. Yeah. With what is it asparagus and mash or something? And greens. Uh, oh, and a mess of greens. Um, yeah. And then it, it, I saw a lot of myself in him because like there's a there there is look I don't know if you meet me in the pub right I don't know if we'll ever talk about it on this podcast. There is a part of my life that that, that occurs in Kansas City, Missouri, um, and uh, the one thing that I will be more than willing to talk about to fucking anyone is the food, and genuinely, man, Kansas City meat is the best. Kansas City barbecue is the best food. It it, it, it if you're from. I don't know what are the other places that claim they have great barbecue. Kentucky, uh, fuck I, you, you have chicken or whatever. Uh, Ohio, I think, because because uh, Jr. the wrestling yeah. commentator is from there. And he does barbecue, and then, so he, the and then he immediately is just like, "No, make me a martini instead." I saw a lot of myself <laughs> in him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like the fact that you got a replicated guitar, and then immediately 
must have either asked for the guitar with some country stickers on it or <laughs> after getting the guitar replicated was like oh this guitar looks naked uh slap some stickers on uh <laughs> um so apparently in the original draft of the episode uh wesley was to make him the guitar oh right and then your man was to play some riffs and say oh this is rock and roll or this is a blues to wesley who's a teenager who should be reasonably expected to recognise those music? Oh God! And and, a... uh, and and he doesn't recognise it, and so your man was to make a quip about how teenagers in the twenty fourth century, I guess, must be very different because that that, that guy, imagine that guy, that guy is the fucking wokest guy in Star Trek, and I I've... and I and I and I and I'll put that on the fucking record. That guy wakes up on the twenty fourth century. And he's so immediately on board with everything that's <laughs> happening, including the fact that his best friend is an android. That guy is the wokest guy in Star Trek. And and, and from now on, I want to learn his name, because Star Trek obviously is very woke, right? That's kind of its thing. I think that the measure of how woke Star Trek is should be measured against that one dude who comes yep. here from... And, and this is something I was going to say earlier on. They have actually figured out what year he must have come from because he specifically mentions the Braves not doing very well and from the early 90s the Braves start doing incredibly well so he has to be from like pre-1995 oh. right I was going to say this episode brings us some fucking troubling things about the future Mark so right TV's not a thing yeah. fine whatever I'm assuming what they actually mean is they stream everything but um, <laughs> Yeah, it's like oh, you mean YouTube? Um, but so no, um, Steph's pack lunch isn't on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do between twelve thirty and two thirty? Okay. So, but TV's, but also like rock and country didn't make it, but fucking jazz did. Right, that can fuck off. Um, <laughs> but also, com- like uh, competitive sports didn't make it because I know from Enterprise yeah. that water polo is still a thing by the time we first get into space. Because weirdly, that's the sport that Archer watches. Uh, yeah. But it's weird that like uh, none of them we didn't make. Like I don't like baseball. Is the I... Braves is baseball, right? Isn't it? Yeah, uh, the Braves are baseball. I... Yeah, the World Series. I want to. I want to bring this up because I, I, if you're an American, you listen I... to this, which is unlikely. But I need to bring something about baseball because I only recently found this out. You know how they slag off cricket for like taking like five days to play because a game of baseball only takes one day. But all games between two teams are decided as a first to seven series. Yeah. That means a game of baseball takes seven days minimum. Don't pretend that each game is just one. It's seven days of your time to find out who the fucking winner is. Don't shit on cricket for being fine. Fuck. First of all, cricket can fuck off because it's a fucking tan sport for cunts. Um... I I will su- I su- I will support baseball. Now, it I will say in the future it is like if we were to lose sports, it's very likely that we will lose American football. Cuz eventually there will come a generation who's just like, yeah, the injuries that we're given to ourselves are <laughs> yeah. so great that there's no point continuing. Uh, into the future, I think the the sports that are going to continue are football, aka association football, aka soccer, um, yeah. and baseball. Because yeah. baseball, 
I'm, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of baseball. I like baseball, but I baseball is the most cinematic sport. Sports, I apart think from sports. basketball, specifically in Space Jam. I was, I was going to say, certain sports would get better because yeah. base basketball would be better if you could like play it in low G. Nah, see, they've I, already tried that in real life. <laughs> Did you know? Have you never heard of slam ball? Oh yeah, with the trampoline. Yeah, well, everyone got horribly injured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one sport I reckon I will never die. I, I, I genuinely was thinking about this. Is the only is is I think weirdly professional wrestling will last because yeah, professional wrestling will last as long as Vince McMahon wills it to, and I genuinely <laughs> believe he's going to turn out to be immortal. <laughs> The man sleeps for like three hours a day and he's like, he's in the gym at like 4am. Like 3am yeah. he's in the gym working out and he can lift like a thousand pounds. And he's, he's, eight, he's, he's in his 80s and he had a match at WrestleMania this year, Mark. And it was, and it was, it was not good, but it was very entertaining. <laughs> he actually, for people our age who are PC gamers, he actually sued the makers of Fallout 1. Because the master at the end of Fallout 1 is so obviously Vince McMahon. That's not true, I made that up. Um, but... but it's entirely plausible. Yeah. Um, you believed it for a minute, didn't you? Um... Fuck me. This episode, it was fucking, it was fine. I, I, I liked, I liked, I liked, I liked, the, I liked the fucking fan aspect of it. Like the... Yeah. Like the three people waking up on the Enterprise, that's like genuinely interesting and like very yeah. Star Trek. And I, and and the Romulans showing up and and there being a set up for the Borg, like that was interesting, and it was very Star Trek. the 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 problem with this episode, and 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 it comes down to, and it it and it, it really highlights what it means to have competent fucking writers on your staff is that there are two things because this story has two A plots as we established earlier and both of those A plots are enough to have their own episode they squeeze them into one episode and the fucking problem with this episode is that the characters that we already know and love couldn't relate to or deal with them in the way that we expect them to as fans and that's the fucking problem with the writer's strike and they, because they had the two A plots, they yeah. were desperate to intertwine them in a way that seemed reasonable. So there's a minor, tiny interaction between the two plots at the end, which really doesn't serve. Basically, uh, the character, one of the characters gets on the bridge and says, those Romulans are hiding, they don't know what they're saying, which literally could have just been a line of dialogue given to Troy. Yeah. And it would have been fine. Literally famous for their it, hiding something. <laughs> It's literally the only purpose this episode really serves is to say, "Hey, guys, we made a mistake. You're right. The Ferengi aren't a major threat. Look, the Romulans are back. Is that okay?" Literally, the Romulans say, "We're back." Yeah, that's 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 it. That's what this episode is here to do. Go look. Here's a Romulan warbird. Isn't it a pretty ship? One of my favourite ships, to be honest with you. I love a Romulan warbird. Beautiful ship. Yeah. Beautiful ship. That's it. That's the only reason this episode exists. How would you feel if, like, an ancestor... Like, so we said, like, an ancestor... Shank, you don't want to talk to your nieces, but how would you deal with that in, like, a Star Trek scenario? Like, somebody knocks on your door and says, Hey, I got unfrozen. You're my last really living relative. Would I be like... Would you be like, Oh, you can stay here? Or would you be like... Yeah, 100%. I've got a spare bedroom. I, I live in Glasgow. <laughs> um, I... I... 
I, I, I imagine... Wait, I... Because I don't really get along with a lot of my current living relatives uh, who live in the same world as I do. I, I mean, I guess it would be like, um... Have you seen the Seth Rogen movie, An American Pickle? Uh, no, but uh, I, no I know the premise. No one did. It's, <laughs> it's actually pretty good. I had a lot of fun with it. Um... <laughs> It'd be a bit like that. It, 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 it would be a bit like, hey, um, well, welcome. Because I guess they're from Glasgow. Because my granddad, like my dad's dad, uh, always I... claimed that he was Irish. But he's from fucking Mary Hill, man. He's he's from Glasgow. And he has been for generations. So I imagine that they'd be like Glaswegian shipbuilders. So they'd be like, oh, so I don't even know. Like, I, 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 They'd be like, what do you do over there? And I'd be like, well, in the 24 hours there are over there, I have... Through my own, uh, th- for, 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 from I put I put down my own achievements. At, look, I'm fucking drunk. All right, so I'm gonna get in a fucking rant here. I have, uh, I, I I tend to put down my own achievements, but for for all of the work that I've put in over the last ten years of what I do for a fucking job, I've managed to get myself down to a, a solid twelve hours of work every week. Right. And the rest of the time, I spend just leisure time and research and, and fucking about. Um, and, uh, and they'd be like, whoa, this is incredible. And I'd be like, thanks, man. Um, but they wouldn't understand what the fuck I was talking about. So, no, I'd let them stay here, but they would need to understand that we are too far apart on the spectrum. I don't know. Uh, we're, we're, so you say, so here's the thing, you say that, but I think if somebody turned up and they were 400 true. years ago... It's nice to be able to talk to people from your own time and relate to them, but it's also really great to be like around someone who's going to be impressed by the fact that I own more than one spoon. <laughs> like, are you, are, like, are you a king? And then I'll be like, you think that's mental? Sit down, strap in, we're going to watch Star Wars. <laughs> I could do that to someone uh, who was like, like not a distant ancestor, but like my dad's uncle, <laughs> who was frozen. Because uh, my girlfriend and I, so Laura, girlfriend, my fiance Laura is like a huge fan of Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the new ones. I think they're genuine, absolute masterpieces. But I've yeah, never really seen the older ones. But but she's a big fan of the older ones. Um, and I, I do like to, as much as I shit on everyone's opinion of what they enjoy, because I don't know why that makes me feel like a big man. If anything, it pushes <laughs> people away. Uh, and I and I really need to I really need to get a grip on on that per, part of my personality. I don't know why it makes me feel good to to downplay other people's opinions. And anyway, so so we watched the original Planet of the Apes, and in my head I was like, please, please do your best to 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 take this for what it is and enjoy it and look at it as a maybe as an historical document. Um, and 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 you know. Think about it from the time, and and think about it from when Laura was was a little girl, and when she enjoyed it, and like what joy it brought to her, and and the ideas that it, that it cultivated in her head, the way that maybe my children will watch season one of the Next Generation and be like, okay, I, I kind of get it, like this is fun, but we have different things now, um, and immediately as soon as the uh, as soon as the credits rolled on Planet of the Apes, I turned around to Laura and I went, I like that, but I un. I understand why people were fucking blown away by Star Wars. Like, <laughs> like, like in my head, I already knew 77 Star Wars coming out was a seminal moment in Hollywood, and now I understand why. Uh, and, and I just want to say, because uh, Laura is listening to this, 
I had a genuine five to six year period in which the original Charlton Heston Planet of the Apes was my favourite movie. Uh, nice. It's I I uh, what happened was I loved it, and then um, the um, the remake came out with Mark Wahlberg in it, and I hated that movie so much it ruined Planet of the Apes for me. So what I did <laughs> is I bumped up my second favourite movie of all time to number one, which was The Italian Job. As you can imagine, for quite some time after <laughs> some later years. events, I had a very big problem with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not even Vietnamese. <laughs> I think that's where we should leave it. Yeah, uh, I agree. Join anyway, us, join, join uh, us for season two. <laughs> apologies to everyone for this one. Apologies to you, most of all. Apologies to Laura. Apologies this is to... The, is it Willis? This is the, uh, <laughs> Gillies? Sorry, Billy. man. I've, I've, let is, you, I've let you down, man. This is I, the best one we've done so far, in my opinion. Yeah. Nah, we'll see about that. <laughs> okay. Um, right. Uh, bye. 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 <laughs> the Captain Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at Real Mark O'Neill and Eddie is at Ed Edwards Comedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and now on YouTube at Captain Slog, and we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Captain Slog.